<laughs> the, the jury would be out on whether that's really music, but um, I'll, I'll let you get away with that one. <laughs> okay. No, I, I like his music. <laughs> Coming to you in your speakers from Dubai to all around the globe. This is James Reynolds Traffic Jam Podcast. Five, four, three, two, one. Hi there, listener. I'm James Reynolds. This is Traffic Jam, and you're tuned into episode 41 of the podcast show that teaches you how to get more traffic and build a profitable audience online. Now, we're going to learn how to become more profitable on the internet today using video marketing. Everything from video blogging to video advertising and a whole lot more in between. That's happening all in our feature interview coming up first. But don't go anywhere after that because we will have our regular segments, this week's news in traffic, the one minute traffic tip and then the traffic jam, a musical jam chosen by our guest today to play out the show. The Traffic Jam Podcast with James Reynolds. Our special expert guest today is Gideon Shalwick, who I had my first run in with about three years ago, I think, at a conference in Australia where, funnily enough, I won a copy of his rapid video blogging online course. Um, I very much enjoyed the course when I went through it, and I've been really keeping a watchful eye on Gideon ever since. And uh, he's got some interesting things happening both now and in the works for the future, which I thought would be very interesting to share with you today. So here we go with that interview. We'll be talking about video blogging. We'll be talking about YouTube, video advertising, and a whole lot more in between. It's a really open, honest and fun discussion that I think you're really going to enjoy. So welcome to Traffic Jam, Gideon Shalwick. So this is Traffic Jam episode number 41 and joining me right there is Gideon Shalwick. Gideon, welcome. Hey James, thanks for having me. Well, this is going to be a blast. Um, you, of course, teach this whole approach to video marketing you called rapid video blogging, where you leverage the audience on YouTube and then drive those viewers from YouTube to your own site. Now, YouTube, as we all know, is a pretty large audience. So I think it's going to be interesting for Traffic Jam listeners to learn how to reach more of that audience and to move some of those people either to their own site or some rather relevant place online. So with your permission, Gideon, I'd like to talk to you a little bit today about how to increase audience share on YouTube and then how to drive some of that traffic to your own site. Sound good? Sounds good. I'm ready. <laughs> awesome. Cool. So you've got a pretty popular channel yourself. I think some of your videos have in excess of half a million views. So I guess you've worked out a thing or two about getting more views on YouTube. What tips can you share? 
Yeah, sure. Those, those are nice numbers within the niche that we're operating in. Uh, when you look at the bigger scope of, of the whole of YouTube, those numbers are actually really small. I mean, the, the biggest YouTuber, uh, PewDiePie at the moment, I think he has 23 million subscribers wow. uh, on his channel. Um, so the numbers are just phenomenal. Um, but you know, the, those are the, the mainstream kind of channels, the, the, the channels and videos that really get, um, you know, the mainstream of, of the population. Whereas, you know, I guess my channel is, is a lot more niche. It's just focusing on video marketing for business and so obviously it's a much smaller pond but i mean within the pond it's it's, it's nice to have those views well uh, um, just uh, just try creating videos on seo then you find how hard it is to gain traction <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah um i mean that's that's an interesting point james because uh, you know i've been doing this now uh, specifically teaching people how to do video marketing since 2010 that, that's when i launched uh, uh rapid video blogging and um back then I was the only one teaching it on YouTube. Uh, a lot of people were doing it, but I was the only one teaching it. Um, and um, back then, <clears throat> I noticed that there definitely was a lag uh, for businesses in particular and, and some categories, some, some niches or niches um, to get onto YouTube. You know, back then, there were a lot of um, industries not on YouTube yet. And my prediction back then was that it's just a matter of time for all these other uh, businesses and, well, especially the business community to get on there. And, and that's exactly what's been happening, which is really exciting uh, over the last few years, especially the last two years. Uh, I've definitely seen a, a, a much bigger increase in, in businesses uh, on YouTube. And uh, it's very evident now, you know, when you look at uh, people teaching other people about video marketing on YouTube. You know, I'm certainly not the only one anymore. There's a lot of people, uh, even people doing, you know, much better than I am, <laughs> you know, they've overtaken me. <laughs> um, and, but, but I mean, it's encouraging to see because uh, it means that finally the business community has woken up to this idea of, of using YouTube to, to drive tons of uh, attention and, and directing that attention to your own uh, web assets. So what do you think's brought about, you know, brought about the change? Has YouTube just become a more sort of serious platform or do you think it's just been that businesses haven't seen the the possibilities with video marketing until recent times? You know, I, I think with with any technology you've got a um uh, any new technology, you, you have a, a product adoption life cycle uh, where you get, you know, your, your first early adopters, they jump on it, uh, or the, the innovators, they jump on first, then the early adopters. And and then normally there's a bit of a gap. Um, and Jeffrey Moore talks about the chasm, you know, and yeah, trying to cross course. the chasm. And I think what's happened with the business community is that um, in general, business, uh, you know, stock standard kind of business. They want to see from their peers that, uh, strategies are working. They want to see that their peers are, are using certain strategies. And so I think there was a period in time where, um, all the, you know, everybody in the business community was looking at YouTube and thinking, Hey, this is, you know, this is just for teenagers or cowboys or whatever. Uh, this is not for us. And I, I think what happened was back then, you know, we saw the, the innovators and the early adopters. Uh, getting started on YouTube. And, and most of them were young people because, you know, they're uh, tech savvy, good with video, um, don't mind being on video. And so they jumped on board and, and, and got it, got there first. But I think over time now that, that chasm has been gapped. You know, there's been a, a big enough, uh, group of people to, to show that you can have success for your business on YouTube to, uh, to have gone to, so to speak, the mainstream of business, which is, uh, which is exciting. So, and I think, I think we're really just at the beginning for business. Uh, for the mainstream uh, when it comes to YouTube marketing. 
Yeah, good. Well, you, of course, have shown some success with this. You've built up a, a pretty reputable channel with a good following. What have been some of your sort of best strategies for, for growing your audience and growing your own channel? Well, you know, things have changed uh, over over the years. Um, things that worked uh, back when I was getting started doesn't work today anymore. Um, and uh, even um, certain features in YouTube doesn't exist anymore. For example, the uh, being able to leave video reviews uh, or video um, uh, replies. Uh, you can't do that anymore, you know, and, 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 uh, that used to be a fantastic strategy for, for SEO and, and for, uh, for getting traffic back to your channel as well. Um, so, so things have changed, but <clears throat> it's changed in our favor. Um, it's, uh, you know, a few years back, it was really easy to game the system. And a lot of people gamed the system, unfortunately. And, and what happened was, you know, you do a search on YouTube and it comes up with a bunch of really crappy results, unrelated sort of stuff. And because people would game the system, they'd buy views or they'd buy likes or comments or whatever it is and, and, and then move up in the rankings. So those things don't work anymore at all. Anything that you can game, um, views, uh, likes, comments, um, shares, anything, uh, that you can game at all on YouTube um, does not really count towards ranking your videos very much on YouTube. So, so the, the the keywords today, and I think this this ought to have been the keywords right from the beginning, because this is what I've been teaching all these years as well, is that it all comes back to great content, uh, great content that captivates your audience and gets them watching and absorbing your content, and and spreading it for you. That that's really the the backbone of everything. And you get that wrong, then really there's not much point in anything else. Yeah. Um, I've just gone through the YouTube certification program uh, and I, I passed the exam. It was quite a grueling exam. I didn't expect it to be so difficult, especially with me, you know, being in the industry for so long. There were a few really tough questions, but I, I got through. Um, well, well so what do you have to do for a YouTube certification? I'm, I'm, I'm interested. You just have to watch you know, monkeys falling out of trees or what? what, what? <laughs> Um, you, there's a whole course. They have a whole course that you go through. Um, and, and then you have to, um, sit, uh, a live exam. Uh, you get two hours to complete the exam. And if you pass, uh, you, you become certified and you're allowed to use a certification badge on, on your website. Um, and you can do this for personal, personally, but also for business, different requirements for the different, for the two. Um, but yeah, that's basically it. Um, so I'm not sure if anybody can do it, um, but you know I'm anybody and I did it. So <laughs> you know, perhaps it's open to others as well. I guess it's similar to like AdWords certification, yeah, exactly. or something like that. So it's, it's just a nice little badge you can you can put under your name to um, to give you some credibility. Very. But good. anyway, <clears throat> um, what I learned from that, and this is straight from the horse's mouth, uh, and it makes so much sense is that the things that YouTube look at right now, when it comes to content or when it comes to ranking at least and getting traffic as a result, um, is that YouTube looks at two things. Uh, they look at watch time, what's known as watch time, and also session time, those two things. Now, watch time is, um, it, it's a little bit unclear how they define it because it's. I think it's tied in with their algorithm, so they don't want to be as clear about it as uh, as they can be for obvious, you know, for obvious reasons. But watch time is basically um, how engaged people are when they watch your video. You know, how long they watch your video for, um, uh, the percentage, the minutes. Uh, it, it it all it all works together to work out the watch time for people when they watch your video. Now that's that's a very important in and of itself. 
But what gives you even more weighting um, from my understanding and going through this course is the session time, which is um, how much longer someone stays on YouTube as a result of watching your video. Right. So in other words, if, if someone watches your video and uh, at the end of your video, you have a little annotation that links back to another one of your videos and they click on that and they watch it, um, that in- increases the session time, which then increases the original video's chance of getting ranked for the, for the keywords that, that you're trying to optimize for. Um, so that's pretty cool. And, and you know, there's all sorts of cool things you can do. So in- instead of just linking with an annotation to one of your videos, you can link to a playlist at the end of your videos, which means people don't just watch one video. You know, if you link to a playlist, they're going to probably watch more than one video then as a result of that. So, so there's lots of little things you can do like that to increase uh, watch time and session time. Um, uh, but, but, you know, once again, that comes right back down to the backbone of all of this, uh, which is great content. Without great content, well-thought-out content, uh, it's very difficult to have a good watch time and a good session time. Yeah, so they're really moving the way that Google search has moved, I guess, to look at less sort of top level factors like keyword placement or even links to a piece of content online. They're looking far more at engagement levels, which in a SEO world would be, you know, the time on the page. And then they're looking at almost like time on site. Where else do they go in that website as a result of watching that or looking at that first piece of content they see? So it all kind of makes sense. Google behind this, right? So I guess they would follow some of the same thought patterns they do for Google search into YouTube. Yes. Yeah, and no, I mean, it just makes logically uh, sense, you know. If uh, if if people are engaged with your with your content, um, you know, if say there's two videos and and both are trying to rank for this same keyword phrase, um, if one of the videos are very engaging and the other one is not, uh, I mean, of course, YouTube would want to rank that engaging one because it's it's um, going to create a much better customer experience, um, and 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 then keep people coming back. And of course, ultimately, um, you know, the more people who come back and, and, and watch videos and spend time on YouTube, the more money they can make from, from advertising because that's their business model. Yeah. Um, so, so it makes so much sense. So, so I think if you, if you just stick to playing the game of YouTube or Google, uh, you know, you'll be all right. Um, a lot of people have, have, have tried funny things, tried little tricks. Uh, to me, basically, um, just to get it out, um, is that, um, Whenever there's any kind of suggestion that you're trying to game the system, uh, I think stay away from it. When in doubt, leave it out. Um, that's my philosophy with uh, when it comes to YouTube and Google properties. You know, play their game, give them what they want, and 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 you'll be rewarded back uh, as a result. Absolutely. Um, so how how worried do we have to be now, Gideon, about? keyword choice i mean in seo again it's not so much of a concern now as long as you you know title your content with a relevant title that may perhaps include a key phrase you want to appear in the results uh, for is is youtube the the same now do you need to worry too much about you know doing keyword research to determine how your video should be titled or what the description should say does any of that stuff matter anymore I think it's still important, but um, you know, once again, uh, as you write your titles and description and, and your tags, um, think in terms of the user first, the viewer, uh, and then SEO second. Um, you know, so so write your your headlines for humans. Uh, you know, your titles. Write your titles for human beings and your descriptions for human beings. 
things. Don't write it for for machines or for for the algorithm. Um, and same goes for your tags. It's actually quite interesting. Um, uh, for the tags, um, you you from what I understand from the what I studied with with this course is that uh, you you get rewarded better for tags that are more relevant and descriptive of your actual content than trying to um, grab tags and keywords that are not as relevant. So, so, so they, they had this example, which is really interesting, um, about um, a parody of, uh, well, I can't remember now, maybe it was, oh yeah, it was uh, the parody of um, uh, Gangman Style, right? Yeah. And um, what, what they, so they showed two examples. One, one had parody Gangman Style, um, as a keyword phrase, it was one of the keyword phrase. And the other one just had gangman style as, as a keyword phrase. And you'd think that, you know, having the gangman style keyword phrase would, would help you get seen by other people watching the gang, gangman style video. But what they were saying was that that's apparently not a good thing to do because it's, you're deceiving the viewer then in a way. Um, cause they're thinking they're going to get gangman style, but they end up getting a parody. So, so that was a very interesting, um, thing as well to to look at so so when you when you look at your tags um certainly make them um you know accurate and descriptive of your actual content as opposed to just trying to rank for a whole bunch of related keywords that um that doesn't really describe your your actual content um and and this plays more of a role over time as well um as um you know as your video uh, grows older but you know to to me there's there's a few key things you know there's um Getting the content right—that's that's number one, and and that's really a function of um, the much bigger picture, uh, uh, which is you know who you're trying to target, um, what problems and what problems they have, and how you can solve it for them. That that's really what the content's driven from. Um, but apart from that, there's um, there's one big strategy that you know it's like the eighty twenty, it's your um, your sweet spot kind of thing, or a, a, a highly leveraged. Um, strategy that you that you can follow, and and that is uh, you know what's known as collaborations on on YouTube. Yeah, so it's like um, referral type traffic. Is that how you describe it? Right. Yeah. So so it's basically where you um, you team up with another YouTuber, and and they happen to have a, a, a nice uh, nice big audience, a lot of subscribers, and and you share the audience, or they share their audience with you. Um, we did this uh, back in 2010 um, in the Magic Niche. Uh, I teamed up with a magician here in, in Brisbane, Australia, um, and <clears throat> we uh, we did a search for all the top magic channels back then. We started from zero, and so we found all these magic channels on YouTube back then. There's one guy called Eric Surf Six. He had about 30,000 subscribers on his channel. We had zero, <laughs> ten or something. You know, nothing significant. <laughs> That relationship so works we, very nicely in your favor, I'd say, right? <laughs> oh, oh, yes, uh, it really did. Um, and um, so what happened was we made friends with him and we, we did an interview with him and, and, and then he recorded the interview as well and he posted it on his channel. So instantly, oh, he posted it on his channel and had an annotation linking back to our channel. Nice. So instantly we had access to his 30,000 subscribers just like that. You know, and I don't know of any better strategy than that for for driving views and driving subscribers. It, it it really is amazing, given that you have a reason for people to come visit your channel, which is your great content. Um, so so that's huge. Um, you know, finding other players 
uh, in your market and, and teaming up with them. And, and one strategy is to, uh, you know, instead of going for the big players to start off with, you start off with your peers, you know, start off with people who are a similar size to you and, uh, in the same industry and, uh, and you share lists. You share, or you don't share lists, you, you share audiences, you know, you, you introduce them to your audience and they introduce you to their audience. Um, and then you just keep on doing that over and over until, until, um, and until you get sick of getting subscribers. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is kind of like the video version of what we're doing here on audio, right? I mean, um, you know, I'm interviewing you. Hopefully the Traffic Jam listeners will like the topics that you talk about. And then I'm sure we're going to mention somewhere to go and find you a little bit later on, Gideon. So I'm sure some of the Traffic Jam audience will bleed over to you. So it's a great, it's a great strategy and it, and it really benefits every party involved, right? You get some nice content to talk about. Um, I get some great content to produce, and everyone's a winner, really. Oh yeah, I mean it's it's a it's a strategy that's proven over and over in many different uh, industries. The music industry is a, um, a, a, a really good example. Um, I was trying to think what's the guy's name, um, uh, Getter or the oh, d- uh, the uh, DJ David David Getter yeah, is that it David. Yeah, David. Yeah, well, the the, the, the the jury would be out on whether that's really music, but um, I'll I'll let you get away with that one. <laughs> okay, uh, I I like his music. <laughs> Sorry. Um, oh, oh, the reason I, I like it is this is a slight um, detour. Is I, I um, for productivity, I listen to uh, vocal trance, and so it's kind of in the same genre. Um, so it, it it really helps me focus and, and get stuff done. But I mean, that, that's another good example. You know, he you know I'm not sure where he started from, um, but you know, it sort of almost seemed like he came out of nowhere. Um, and, and, um, you know, sure, perhaps he was popular in the trance world, but, um, I, I want, you know, if, if I look at the difference between him, say, and, um, what's the, um, uh, other well-known guys, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, anyway, there's another Dutch guy that's really, he's really famous in the, in the, in the trance Buren world. or Van Dyck or one of those probably, right? Van Buren, Van Buren. Yeah, that's yeah. the one. Sorry, I'm, I'm just forgetting the names here. But um, the difference is that uh, uh, David teamed up with mainstream audiences or main, mainstream, mainstream performances, uh, performers, and um, as a result, um, you know, got, got access to the, to the mainstream, uh, which is huge. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess so, all of his um, stuff was early collaborations, right? So uh, it's a great, and it's a very good point you make, Gideon. I mean, looking at what other people are doing in other industries and adopting some of the same strategies in your own market can be pretty powerful stuff. In the in the same way, we could look at that scenario and then bring it into the you know the marketing world is um, is very useful indeed. Let's talk about some other stuff, which I know you've got going on right now. What about uh, YouTube advertising? Have you started to experiment anything um, along the lines of the you know the TrueView ad formats or any of the other advertising formats available on YouTube? Yeah, certainly, I, and I think that is um, that's certainly a space to watch. Um, you know, I, th- I think there's a it's it's a quite a new thing. It's almost like a repeat of Google AdWords. You know, so we're almost going back in in time seven or eight years, you know, and so, so what we're seeing there is uh, a, a lot of really cheap views, um, very uh, cheap traffic, basically, that, that's to be had there if you know how, how to get it. Um, I've been playing around with it, um, and I've been, at the start, I must admit, um, I was a little bit overwhelmed. I didn't really know what to do, but as I started digging in further, 
I realized that it's actually simple. It's, it is simpler to me than getting traffic from AdWords, for example, or even Facebook. So, um, so I've been doing some tests there and, um, it, it's looking very promising, put it that way. Um, uh, so, so I think that's, that's certainly a space to watch. Um, not, you know, some of the bigger companies, bigger brands have jumped on it, but I don't think they get it. I'm not sure if they quite get it. And I'm not sure if many people actually get it. They, they don't quite understand how to leverage all this traffic, all these views and drive, you know, using TrueView ads to actually drive traffic back to your site, which is really the whole point of it, right? So, yeah. um, but I certainly think it's a space to watch for sure. Yeah, I mean, some of the mistakes I see people make as a as a relative lay person in terms of video marketing is that most people are doing these true view ads, but they're actually failing to get people to do anything as a result of the video. Like there is no call to action anywhere yes. in the video. So they're paying for this, you know, they're paying for the impression of, and, and the view, which is fine for branding purposes. But hey, why don't you get people to go off and do something as a result of seeing the video? Exactly. And, and I think that's, that's, you've, you've hit the nail on the head. That's, that's certainly one massive problem. Um, it's, it's just the video ads themselves. Um, you know, some of them are, are very pretty and, um, you know, I'm, you know, I'm sure far more pretty than, <laughs> than I would probably be able to make. Right. I mean, they'd spend thousands of dollars yeah. on these ads. Then the question is, does it actually work for them? Do they get clicks back to their, to their, um, to their websites? And I think in a lot of cases, the answer is no. Um, so, so certainly there's, there's a lot to be learned there from companies to, to drive traffic back to these sites. That's one thing. The other thing I, I see, um, and it's, it's, um, it's, a, it's one of the tricky things on, on YouTube to get right is, is the targeting. I mean, how often do you watch a, a video on YouTube and, and then there's an ad in front of it and it's like totally unrelated to the content of the video. Yeah. You know, it doesn't make any, you, and you sort of think, where the heck did this video, this ad come from? It doesn't, it, it doesn't speak to me at all. You know, it's like totally irrelevant. And, um, so I think what's happening is that people, uh, businesses, I guess, don't really know how to target properly on YouTube. And when you think about it, <laughs> um, it is getting close to, Facebook in terms of um, how accurate or how granular granular you can target things on YouTube. So, for example, you can target um, a specific video on YouTube and only show your ad for viewers on that video. Or you could target a, a group of videos and say, okay, only for these videos I want to run my ad on. And, and similarly, you can do it for channels too. So, say, nice. for example… You know, I was just had this chat to my brother last night. He's a Katy, Katy Perry fan. And he said, oh, you know, watch that Katy Perry birthday um, song. <laughs> and um, part of our conversation was uh, I, I told him about, um, you know, Trivia ads and saying, you know, did you know if, if you um, say you, you were selling uh, Katy Perry T-shirts, right, and, <clears throat> and you wanted to access all the Katy Perry fans, all you had to do was create a little video ad um, that talks about, hey, um, hey, something like, hey, Katy Perry fan, um, I know you love Katy Perry, but guess what? You'll love my T-shirt even more or something like that, you know, and then only advertise on, on, Katy, Perry, on Katy Perry's channel or channels yeah, beautiful. that are dedicated to Katy Perry. So you've got a, a, you know, all of a sudden you've got a very targeted audience. You've got a, an extremely uh, well-crafted or um, 
uh, a video ad that speaks to that audience, so it's very relevant. And as a result of that, your view rate goes up, so the number of people who actually watch your video. And then if you have a good video, uh, it can actually increase your, your click-through rate as well, so people are actually clicking on it and, and, and visiting your, your website. And I guess probably the spin-off of that, I would assume, if it works in the same way as um, AdWords does itself, that your cost per click will also go down as a result of those metrics going up, oh. right? Oh, tremendously, tremendously. Yeah. We had, we've had some crazy uh, improvements. Um, we had uh, one. We had ran a split test uh, recently where um, all we did we just changed the video. Uh, all the targeting was the same. Um, these two ads ran in parallel. Uh, everything was the same except for the video, and um, we managed to get um, a, a three times improvement. So what's that? Three hundred percent improvement, or a third? We paid a third of the cost for the for the clicks. Or conversely, we we got we got three times as many clicks for the same amount of money. Nice, very and, good. And all we did was change the video. You know, so so that's very interesting. And what type it of shows, it shows that uh, that you can you know really optimize it a lot once once you get get to play around a bit. Yeah, and what type of videos are you getting most success with when it comes to video ads? Because I'm sure there's uh, there's a few listeners out there who are kind of got their interest peaked by it right now, but are probably wary thinking, well, I am going to spend, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars investing in a video production company and all that sort of pretty stuff. How can you do this right. kind of in a more sort of quick and dirty, uh, more economical fashion than you generally see these videos made? Well, I guess there's a few principles, and I mean, you can you can figure it out yourself as well. But it just makes intuitive sense um, when you when you look at the structure of these these ads, especially the the pre-roll ones or the the um, trivia ones, the ones that are that you see in front of the video, the ones that are skippable. Um, you get five seconds basically. You get five seconds before that little skip button comes up, and um, and and and. You know, if, if you haven't grabbed their attention within five seconds, uh, you've, you've, you've lost that viewer. You know, you've really lost that viewer. And you, I see so many ads. It's like, um, you're 10 seconds in and you go, what, what the, the hell is this know, about? Nothing, nothing has happened yet, you know, and, um, what are they thinking? And, um, they're obviously not thinking. Um, they're not, not, you know, they, <laughs> they're not thinking it through properly or they, they, they just don't care about throwing money down the drain. Um, but, you see that so often. So you've got five seconds to, to grab their engines, uh, interest. So the first five seconds is most important. Um, the other key thing is that, um, you know, if, if, if you haven't tried TrueView yet, um, and this is pretty cool, this is a leg up on, say, Facebook or, or, um, or AdWords, is that you only pay for a view if people watch 30 seconds or more of your video or if your video is less than 30 seconds, your, your whole video then, obviously. Um, so so that's that's kind of interesting. So, so you can use that information to craft a, a pretty uh, clever little video. Um, and obviously, you want to get people back to your site. So getting that call early on uh, to drive people to your site is very, very important. So does that make that traffic free? If you can get a call to action in after 15 seconds and people don't watch the end of the video, is that essentially free traffic? Well, I think so, but um, it's, I haven't, I probably haven't run enough tests to confirm it. 
Uh, I mean, maybe you have, um, James, <laughs> but and uh, or maybe your friends have. I, I know there's some people teaching that um, that yeah. you can get free clicks like that. Um, but it's it's a little bit difficult difficult to to measure because um, you know. F- the, I, I think there's there's a few interesting things happening on YouTube, which makes it a bit harder to to really get a clear picture of what's going on. But it does make sense, you know, if if people are clicking on your ad before the thirty seconds are up, um, then perhaps that clicks free. Who knows? Yeah, um, it, it it would it would seem to make sense. Um, but then again, you know, there's um, sometimes uh, people click on your ad. And um, then they come back and and watch the whole thing. You know what? You know then you still pay for that view, um, or or sometimes um, you know people just they know there's an ad and they just they just let it run. Um, they're not actually viewing it, so you 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 pay for that view even though they're not really watching it. So yeah, there's a lot of variables there. I think. Um, so, but perhaps those are free. I, don't, I mean, I, I guess I've got to do some more testing for that. Well, let's do a bit more research. I'll put it on my uh, to-do list to see exactly what the score is there because it uh, seems like one of those hacky little strategies if it is true. So uh, we'll go check that out. Anyway, I want to try and bring things almost to a close, Gidden. And I think perhaps I'd like to close a loop on um, a question that we um, asked early on. And that was talking about the call to action at the end of your own piece of video content and you talked a little bit about how um, increasing the engagement on your videos and getting people to watch more videos is now a good thing on YouTube. Has your strategy changed now in terms of what you ask people to do at the end of a piece of video content? Yeah, certainly. Um, you know, uh, when I was doing this at the beginning, the the main emphasis was to get people off YouTube and onto my uh, website or squeeze page. And, um, and, and so the way that it's changed now is that I, I try and get people to stay on YouTube longer. Um, so, so I've got a mixed sort of strategy now where, um, sometimes I ask people to watch another video or subscribe to my channel. And the idea is to build authority on your channel, on your YouTube channel and, and keeping traffic there. And I know some people might cringe when they hear that. Uh, some some online business people, but there's this method to the madness here because you're building an authority channel, and um, you're as a result of that in- dramatically increasing your chances of of ranking and getting a lot more views. So it's not just it's not just ranking for the when people do a search. It's also um, uh, appearing on the watch page, uh, appearing on. Uh, the suggested videos, related videos. There's a whole bunch of places where you appear mm-hmm. um, aside from just the the, the search. Um, so so that's that's really important nowadays to to make sure you have some emphasis on that. But then um, I, I I can't say I've done it 50% of the times, but I, I would probably recommend um, maybe fifty percent of the times you drive people back to your site. So, so one video you you ask them to subscribe or watch another video. The next video you you get them straight to your site, or you do both uh, in one video. But in general, you know, as a direct marketing approach, um, you know, it uh, or, or just <laughs> simple psychology. Um, when you give people too many options, they don't take any action. So normally, I try and stick to just giving people one option. And, and normally I get the best focused result from that. So, but it's up to you. I think mix mix and match it up a bit, test it, see see what what gives you the best result. 
Fantastic. Well, great advice, Gideon. Let's wrap things up there. We've covered a fair amount in uh, sort of 30 minutes or so of talking. Um, I know you've got a few things in the pipeline and some bits you're working on right now. Is there anything you'd like to mention to Traffic Jam listeners right now? I guess there's, there's a couple of um, businesses that I've just uh, started up. Um, well, 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 first of all, I guess if, if people want to follow along what I'm doing, uh, they can just go to my, my blog or my channel, uh, gideonshalwick.com or if you, if you go to YouTube and go look for Gideon Shalwick, you'll, you'll find it. And what I do there is I, I basically um, report on my experiments that I run. So for example, I did the, the experiment with JJ, the magician. Um, we took that channel from... Well, uh, from zero, he's now sitting on uh, close to 200,000 subscribers. Uh, I think something like 24 million views on that channel. That was, a, that was an experiment that I ran. And so, so from these experiment, I, I, experiments, I, I share what I've learned. Um, and, and more recently, I've, I've been much more involved in the startup space, I'm still in, in the video uh, arena. Uh, but uh, uh, about two years ago, I started up a business called Splashio, um, and that business looks at creating um, little video clips that enhances your your own video content. So things like little um, logo stings or you know logo animations, um, outros uh, with a call to action, automatic call to action, uh, lower thirds, this sort of stuff. You can you can get that at splashio.com if you're interested. There's also a actually there's this report on there that's twenty it's twenty pages long, and and that talks about how to create compelling content. It gives you a formula for creating really compelling content. So you can grab that for free at splashio.com. And very, very recent, like in the last few months I've been working on this. We haven't released this yet. We're, we're about to release it. So by the time you're listening to this um, to this podcast, you'll, you'll probably see it, um, is a, a new business uh, where we focus on helping uh, people in the, in the video advertising space. To, to get much better results. That business is called uh, vroll.com. So V for veranda, E-E-R-O-L-L.com. It's almost like B-roll, but just V-roll. It's almost like viral, but just V-roll, <laughs> you know? It's a bit of clown okay. words there. <laughs> um, Love so it. there is also a, um, a, a free, free, free stuff you can get from there. Fantastic. Great. Well, Gideon, thanks for your time and expertise. The links that Gideon's mentioned in today's show, gideonshalwick.com, splashio.com and vroll.com will of course be mentioned there along with Gideon's uh, social media profiles and anything else we've mentioned in today's show. So I urge you listeners to go off and check those things out. Gideon, just to wrap things up, thanks again for your time. Been a thoroughly enjoyable conversation. I've personally got a lot out of it. I'm sure the Traffic Jam listeners have too. So thank you. You're very welcome. This week's news in traffic. Okay, so pretty quiet week of news this week. Just two stories to share with you. The first one is from Facebook, who've improved their embedded posts, both with a new design and also a faster load time. Now, posts that include media content such as photos and videos usually get far more engagement on Facebook. Now, as a result, Facebook have updated their embedded posts to display images and videos above the post text and other content. Now, according to Facebook, the new embedded posts now load up to twice as fast as before. Improved performance makes it easier for you to embed multiple Facebook posts in your story without having to worry about delays. Now, if you're a regular Facebook embedded 
post embedder. I don't know if that's a real term, but I've just made it up. <laughs> Facebook have made it a little bit easier for you by saving the dimensions in the embed plugin when you go back to embed a future post. So you don't have to go back and reconfigure the size if you're regularly posting the same size to your blog, for instance. So just a small update from um, Facebook. Um, if you're using a lot of social content, you're embedding posts into your blog posts, then this might be a helpful update for you. The second story is a social media story attached to Snickers and it's very topical because it's right around World Cup time and we are still amidst, at least at the time of recording, in the FIFA World Cup. And if you've been following the World Cup, you'll be very familiar, I'm sure, with an incident involving Luis Suarez, who actually bit into the shoulder of an opposing player, creating a huge amount of uproar and conversation across social media. Now, Snickers, they put out some content, real-time content, right around that incident. And uh, they put out a tweet. I'll actually read it out to you. It says, hey, at Luis Suarez, Luis 16 Suarez, next time you're hungry, just grab a Snickers, hashtag World Cup, hashtag Luis Suarez, and then hashtag eat Snickers. They also at the same time put out a Facebook post. And here are the interesting statistics. The tweet got a total of 39,000 retweets and 17,000 uh, favorites. Whereas the Facebook post, which uh, was pretty similar, it says, next time you're hungry, just grab a Snickers uh, hyphen World Cup. That let, fell completely and utterly flat. It only had 5,000 likes, shares and comments. So far more leverage, far more amplification happened as a result of the tweet. So um, a lot of people are saying or using this data to say that Facebook uh, news feed content is totally or dead. Organic reach has just totally fallen flat. I don't know if that's quite the case. I think uh, Twitter certainly more of a real-time platform, but uh, certainly an interesting statistic. As I said, 39,000 retweets, 17,000 favourites versus just 5,000 likes on uh, on Facebook. Anyway, to get more on that story and a nice interesting graphic of Luis Suarez eating his opponent, you can check out the episode page of Traffic Jam Cast 41. If you're a seasoned listener to Traffic Jam or you're a new listener and enjoying what you've heard so far, I'd absolutely love it if you left a review for the show, either at Stitcher or iTunes. And to find the review pages, you go to trafficjamcast.com forward slash iTunes for iTunes and forward slash Stitcher for Stitcher. And when you're there, you'll see a review and a rating option and also the ability to add a comment. So uh, please go ahead and do that. It helps us get the show out to more people and it gives you a little bit of a chance for some exposure to the Traffic Jam audience. So when you're there, if you're sneaky enough to leave your website address or a little bit about your business, I'll include that on a future show episode. So as I said, the places to go to leave a review, trafficjamcast.com forward slash iTunes and trafficjamcast.com forward slash Stitcher. The one minute traffic tip. Now, if you want to get more organic traffic when people share your content via their social media channels, then you need to put a lot of attention into the headline for your posts and also the image. 
Now, if you've seen sites like BuzzFeed that continuously pop up in your Facebook feed, you'll know that they put a huge amount of time into crafting appealing, enticing, and curiosity-driven headlines, along with eye-catching images that entice you to click. So if you want to get more traffic yourself from Facebook and other social channels, then you need to do the same. So a few quick tips. Use a very short, curiosity-driven headline that's below 90 characters, so it shows in full in the Facebook newsfeed. And then your image on your post should also be in the same format to fit nicely within the newsfeed on Facebook. So that's keeping it to the 470 by 245 format. That means when people share your content from your site across to Facebook, you'll have a very appealing, enticing headline and image that's going to encourage people to click through to your website. A big thank you for listening into episode 41 of Traffic Jam. I really do appreciate the time that you take out of your day to listen into the show. And I sincerely hope that you get a lot of value out of it and it's helping you grow your business online because that's the aim of the show. We'll be doing it all again in about seven days from now where we'll be digging deep into another area of traffic to help you grow your presence online and to make sure that you don't miss out on that next episode or any future episodes remember to subscribe via itunes and stitcher radio and for a direct links to all traffic jam episodes go to trafficjamcast.com where you can join the discussion on this episode and get links to all of the resources mentioned in today's show also head on over to veravo.com for more traffic tips and training and to learn how i can help you get more traffic via the search engines we end this week's show with a track chosen by our guest today, Gideon Shalwick. It's a 1991 track from the band Red Hot Chili Peppers and the track title's called Under the Bridge. So we'll play out and I'll see you back here next week with another show.
You've been listening to the Traffic Jam Podcast with James Reynolds. To know more about this program and to subscribe for future episodes, check out the website, trafficjamcast.com.